0: ladies and gentlemen welcome back it's another episode of the music business mentorship i'm your host john scheele and this is my very good friend professor of marketing and blues guitar player and father of several uh two two kids right and husband of one um the man himself aaron levin aaron welcome to the program thank you hi john
1: thank you honor to be here i'm excited about it
0: so i um have talk to you at length about uh, marketing in the past but uh, what we're going to talk about today is really your involvement with the music business and you have a really unique perspective as a performer as a father of a performer sort of the the father uh, who is also somewhat of a manager of your son's uh, business and your son who's been playing from a very young age has kind of taken off and um, now you're in this position where your band, mate and uh, performer with your son sometimes, and co-writer of songs sometimes, and marketer and manager sometimes, so you wear a lot of hats. How, though, did you get started in your music business?
1: Well, you know, uh, I have had bands since I was in graduate school, so I went to University of Kentucky and got my PhD a long time ago in the mid-90s. And I've loved music ever since I was a little kid. I knew I was never good enough to uh, to do it full time, but I was having fun and playing music through my PhD program at UK. And then uh, when I was a young young faculty member, I always had bands. And then this uh, this young young boy of mine, Ben, showed an interest in music. Turned out he was a good piano player. Uh, sat in with me when he was like starting at 11 years old. His mom would bring him to bars and play with my band just a little guy little squeaky voice and and uh, boy he grew into a man he turned really really good and um, he passed me by and so now yes I do get to play with him um, a a couple gigs a month but you know he's flying out of the nest he does a lot of uh, probably half of his shows are out of town so I I do keep a day job as professor at NKU Uh, so I have really get most of my satisfaction from like you said, we write, we record together, and um, I really enjoy. I do manage him. I, I've been looking for a manager and a booking agent, but I have high standards, and nobody's going to uh, protect him the way I do. Nobody's going to love him the way I do. Um, so I I do that, and uh, you know I've been teaching marketing for twenty three years, and I've had a, a consulting company, corporate marketing, helping helping companies, you know, the Googles and PNGs and everything small and in between for about 15 years. So um, within the last six years, when Ben turned 18, we sort of turned on the faucets for marketing him and and getting him established online. And so I'm it's like one giant experiment of me trying to uh, trying to figure out how to uh, enhance his brand. Of course, how to get him gigs, how to get him paid for his for his craft and how to get him the best collaborations with the people who he dreams of collaborating with so so uh in a nutshell yes i guess i do wear a lot of hats as a uh, husband father professor once in a while guitar player um and really just uh orchestrator of of brand ben if you will um it's a, it's a you know i always say Marketing's really not that hard if you have a great product and uh, I might be biased, but it sure is a joy to see the, the people he reaches with his shows and with his, with his albums and, and collaborations and stuff. So that's kind of, I think that might answer your question.
0: Well, having run sound for you guys a, a few times, um, I can tell you that as, as someone who's watching the show, it's really great when you get to perform together because there is this father, son chemistry and uh, it's, it's heartwarming. It really is to have Ben say, you know, I'm playing with my pops and, and just, it's, it's really cool. It's, it's a neat thing. So well, thank
1: you. Thank you, John. I mean, that's authentic. You know, I, I I'll never be as, as good. He's playing with the, the best blues guitarist in the world. We have a show in a few weeks with little Ed Williams from Chicago, Um, And there's many, many others Ben plays with Sean Carney out of Columbus, who won the IBC guitar player, Um, but but they don't have the DNA. And so there is something about father and son who have played with each other literally since ben was uh before he started playing on stage with me you know at home doing little shows for the dogs and um so thank you for noticing that and people do always come up to me when i get to play with him and and they point out something similar to what you just said that there's something pretty special uh, about that Yeah, it's authentic
0: it's it's amazing it really is thank you now you've been marketing uh and you've been in the marketing world for as you said, over 20 years, mm-hmm. tell me some of the things that you've noticed that have changed and has taken on that role as marketer for a musician. Is that different than marketing for the Fortune 100 companies? you've oh,
1: uh-huh. It's night and day. I mean, the principles are, are similar as far as you got to re- reach the right audience with the right message at the right time. You have to have a clear and concise branding so that people understand who you are and what you're all about, not just what kind of music you play, but the thing you said about the father and son, you know, that's part of Ben's brand. He's, he's a normal guy. He's a normal guy who loves his family, who, who, uh, really wants to carry on the blues tradition and do it with respect for the elders and, and collaborate with them while they're still here. Unfortunately, some of his friends have passed away because he's, you know he's collaborating with people in their 70s 80s and 90s so um you know so the brand is more way more than just oh he's a blues musician well what kind of blues no it's it's yeah that's part of it but it's, it's about you know what what do you want people to to think about you it's just you know so in that sense it's like the coca-colas of the world it's like the delta airlines that yes you have this image that you want to portray But how you go about doing it could not be more different than it is for the clients I worked with in the Fortune 100s, because we don't have budgets, right? We don't have the money to do that. So we got to bootstrap and we have to create all this stuff that that the Fortune 100s are spending millions, hundreds of millions on. Well, we can't. Maybe we have a little bit of money. You know, I've hired some graphic designers to to help make a logo for Ben. We finally have a a logo for him to make some tour posters and things like that. But otherwise it's blood, sweat, and tears. It's time. It's me spending time behind the computer um, looking at Google analytics and seeing what countries he's reaching on his website, looking at the behind the screen stuff on Facebook and Instagram to see did that video get any traction? Uh, How long did people watch it for? where did people watch it you know did people watch it in the cities that we're planning on touring in this summer and that kind of thing so you have the same principles that i've been teaching for years to try to groom the the young folks here in the university who want to go work for the pngs and the googles etc but for the musicians and the creatives you have to you have to be so frugal so you have to know those principles and then you have to know how to do it on basically on a zero budget, so it's it, it's quite challenging.
0: So how um, would you advise a young music marketer? Let's say there's someone in a class of yours who might want to be Ben's manager and is willing to put the time in because in that phase of their life and college years they've got time um, and they're used to living on not much of a budget. But how would you advise them to go about? strategy for a a an aspiring or up and coming musician such as Ben or similar
1: well i think the first thing is to take an, an audit and to learn everything you can about that musician i uh i have what i call and i'm not the one who, who named it this but a business ecosystem is something that i run my students through to take an audit of themselves and to articulate everything they can about all the interrelationships of all the different people and organizations that they work with or that they dream of working with so for bens it's the record labels it's it's the media it's the blues magazines that he's been in um I'm looking at I'm going to look at his right now here it's the sponsors that we've we've been lucky to have for different shows that we put on. Of course, it's the recording. It's um, like I said, the record label, it's sync licensing as a, as a moonshot, something that we want to do. So I would advise, I think you said you're going to provide a visual of this. I would advise someone who's interested in managing a particular musician or artist or doing it for themselves. I would run them through this really intense intense but fun it's fun it's it's exploration you learn things about yourself um and it's a visual and then behind that visual is a document and ben's document is about oh it's about two pages long with bullet points of of specific people that he's collaborated festivals he's played at festivals that he hasn't but that he wants to play at it's kind of like your everything you have and everything you want to have and it's changing constantly you always it's a it's a very dynamic document don't put it in don't print it out because it's going to change tomorrow if you're doing it right Terry, so you're always tweaking it but that's what i would recommend to the young aspiring musician artist or person who wants to manage such an artist find out everything you can about the the resources available um also about the potholes on the road of of what things have not worked what things are challenging of course with music now There's so many things are challenging because the business model of selling your music. Well, you know how that is, John. Uh, You know, CDs have gone like like this every year. You have sell less and less and less because cars now don't the last four years. Cars haven't had. So that's just an example. Um, When you look at your ecosystem, you have opportunities, you see things and then you can. With other documents that I like, understanding your business model, that's a whole nother thing that's related to that. That's when you start looking at, at potential opportunities, like one we're looking at now is, should we do vinyl next, next year? It's not a simple decision, right? You can't just say, hey, vinyl's going like this, CDs are going like that. Well, shoot, we got to do vinyl. No, you look at a bunch of things. You look at the cost structure of it. You look at the revenue side of it. You look at the shipping costs. Uh, how how easy or hard it is to to take those things like if you're going overseas that's a whole other story bringing LPs as opposed to CDs so um, yeah there's 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 a lot to it we could we could talk all day I love talking about this stuff um, it's it, it's complicated you, you got to know you got to do your homework and if you're an artist because most artists can't afford an agent right most independent artists can't afford a manager necessarily they're they're doing it by their bootstraps um ben is sort of fortunate to have me but if you're a typical artist or musician you have to not only do your art and keep practicing and keep playing gigs and keep rehearsing and and, and uh writing songs but then you have to you have to be disciplined and dedicate yourself you have to allocate time to do do all this stuff it, it's it can be daunting, you know, but it's it's worth it because you you want to get your art, your music out to more people and you're going to enrich their lives. And in turn, you're going to enrich your life. But it's just a hell of a lot of work. You talk about you wear a lot of hats. I know you do. Um, entertainment lawyer, lights guy, sound guy, everything. Mentorship, music mentorship, music business mentorship, guru. Um, but it just means that anytime that there's downtime, chances are you're like, no, I should really do that. I should look at my spreadsheet and think about my schedule for, you know, of course we're already booking out aggressively for 2024. So you know, you just can't rest on your laurels. There's always something to do. I hopefully it's it's a it's a, a labor of love though, what we do. Absolutely. Well,
0: two things. One, Ben is absolutely very lucky to have you. And and I think that you've perfectly encapsulated something that I try and teach in the music business mentorship is that planning really is important and that writing a business plan or having the audit as you described it uh, is crucial to understand the the lay of the land and moving forward. And it's interesting you're talking about vinyl. I mean, for those of you who are listening, um, you know, if you're thinking about where you're playing and Ben does perform overseas, just the fact is the weight of vinyl versus the weight of CDs is a, is a factor. It's a, it's an exponential difference in price to carry that much weight with you overseas. So it's, right, it's, right. Really and it's not
1: just, it's not just the size, the volume and the weight, unfortunately, you know, uh, it's so fragile. I mean, I, I just bought, I, we're buying vinyl now. My wife and I are buying vinyl, love to go to shows, and if they're selling vinyl, we buy it. And I saw one of my favorite young musicians, Eddie Ninevolt, who's just taken the world by storm. He opened up for Grace Potter, and we went and saw him. I bought his vinyl, two of them, in fact. I got home, and one of them had a scratch. And, you know, it's like, I can live with it. I'm bummed out. Uh, I'm not going to try to send it back and, and get another one. But that's an issue. That made me think, oh, okay, CDs don't have that problem, right? Right, you know, so these are things. These are things to think
0: about. It's a unique collectible of vinyl, and I think a vinyl record obviously has the analog sound that um, that we all, as artists, wish every format could have. Uh, streaming and MP3s don't have the same yeah. level of audio quality, but it is a. It's it's a very fragile collectible that can be destroyed very easily, and um, it's. it's right it brings it a little closer to what it was in the, in the early days uh, when music was harder to come by. Um, But I think, I think it's important to have on your merch table. What other merch is selling well for Ben?
1: Well, you know, t-shirts are kind of hit and miss. Uh, Of course there's a, we, we don't have, you know, we don't do the drop shipping thing. So we are very limited in our product line, so to speak. If we make it, we ha- have it, <laughs> we hope to sell it. So it's a lot of t-shirts we have, which in the summer they sell okay. We're hoping it it picks up a little, you know, the holidays is always a, a little boost. People are spending money and buying gifts and things. Um, you know, he's done well with, with still selling CDs. He's had uh, five or six records that he started recording when he was um, just 17, I think. So we have, we have those and, um, you know, honestly, I don't know if you and I have talked about it. I'm pretty sure that a lot of people just buy those to support the artist, whether they have a CD player or not. They know that it's it's a keepsake and, and get it signed at the show. Um, and it's really, it's almost, to me, it's almost like leaving a, a, a 15 or $20 tip, which is awesome. It's so generous. Um, but I don't know that they're necessarily listening to it. And that's that's fine. I mean, I want them to listen to Ben's music, but if they're dropping the money, on that and then listening on spotify well god bless them for doing that yeah
0: but absolutely. i
1: really do believe that if we do get vinyl next year it, you know anybody buys a vinyl they're buying it and they're going to listen to it. it's not it is a keepsake you know and the cover art's got to be great on a vinyl because it's so much bigger so uh, luckily ben's a good looking guy I mean, he looks good in the photos um but that's something where you know We're eager and excited, but I guess I'd say we're cautiously optimistic about making vinyl. Definitely not plunging right into it until we really do the right analysis and, and make sure it makes sense.
0: Well, I know that there's a longer lead time for vinyl pressing than most people are aware of. So just for our listeners out there, if you're planning on vinyl in your business strategy, you're going to want to look at who your supplier is and you're going to want to place your orders early. And in fact, in the discussion a couple episodes ago with Emmeline, she plans her releases a year out because of that very thing. So it's a good thing to think about that in your business plan, you're thinking a year out when you have a release so that you can register your stuff with the U S copyright office. You can pitch it to ads, TV, and film. You can drip release stuff on Spotify in the waterfall method, and you can then have an actual vinyl release party. And hopefully you get a lot of those 10 to 15 to $20 tips at the party of the folks who are your Fans that, that are the diehards, the true fans that'll buy it no matter what. But I do think that just for Ben, it's a perfect format for him. For those listeners who aren't familiar with Ben Levin, he sounds like uh, an older blues artist, a, a, a heritage legacy blues artist. And he's so young and um, he's he's really encapsulated the style of the older genre and incorporates new themes. And, you know, you guys wrote a song about uh, the staying inside for the, during the pandemic. Right. So it's very topical, very modern, but, but it's got a legacy to it that is undeniable.
1: Yeah. We did a couple, a couple songs on a a few albums. We did one was called carry out or delivery, which was written right in, in March of, 2020 where every sign we saw carry out our delivery i was like hey let's let's do a song and then ben wrote a really cool song uh called i'm your essential worker which is kind of a a fun double entendre in the tradition of blues songs and it's you know everybody still can remember when you say essential worker it's like it takes you back to that very very strange time in our lives in 2020 and 2021 so yeah thanks thanks for noticing those yeah
0: Oh, incredible stuff! Really, very smart, very, um, very well crafted music uh, that that clearly speaks to the heritage, but also speaks to today. So I think it's it's great stuff, but it does bring up the challenges of the pandemic, and and I know you went through some personal challenges as well. Um, I guess this is our segue into the challenges of the music business. But personally, do you want to talk a little bit about that and coming back from it? Sure
1: yeah yeah well it was exactly three years ago when i got really really sick um, we were playing in 2020 you know and we shut down like everybody else we shut down for months and months and months and we were doing live streams and on on youtube and facebook to keep to keep our sanity and keep our music out there but um, as soon as things opened up a little bit in uh, summer of 2020 you know we started playing outdoor gigs and boy, the weather was great in summer and fall of 2020. We were busy. We were hopping. We were playing weddings and playing restaurants out on patios and rooftops. Um, and then one night in when we were just getting ready to shut down for the season, there was a night in, in early November, and it was still warm. The weather was great. It was like 60s in the day, and we thought we'd be playing outside, but they moved us inside and a little bells went off in my head like I shouldn't do this I shouldn't do it but I did and both Ben and I got COVID and he we both were really really sick but he you know being young he was I guess 20 21 at the time he got better and I didn't so I I ended up going to the hospital and being on a ventilator uh, given less than a three percent chance of survival so my family unfortunately they couldn't even visit me because it was during the the high surge and there was no visitors so Basically, my family um, really had to say goodbye to me from from afar, and uh, I uh, I guess I had a strong constitution and decided it wasn't my time yet. So I fought, and the the day after, they said he's not going to come out. I came out. I came out of the coma. So, you know, um, talk about a new perspective on life, and and it took me a long time to come back, and and I was in the hospital for uh, a couple uh, almost two months, I think and wow. then physical physical rehab and all that had to relearn how to do everything to eat to walk to talk to uh to play guitar i remember when i finally got got back to to my house and and uh, finally got out got out of bed and start walking i i didn't think i'd ever play guitar i just couldn't move my hands and everything you know slowly came back um so yeah that that changed my life it refocused my priorities it made me well it humbled me for sure to know that the old cliche tomorrow's not promised is is so true but it also focused on you know on my music it's like what do you what do you leave behind and so I really I've written more songs with Ben since then in the last three years I've written more songs everything's a little more urgent for me you know it's like hey Ben can we can we do another album? Oh, dad, we can we can wait. Well, know her. Yes, Ben. I I know that for you cuz you're 23, 24, but I'd like to do it. I got these songs. I I'd, I'd like to do it. And so um so that has really uh enhanced my creativity and my productivity. And then it's also it motivated me when I was getting better and recovering and of course, you know, I was off work for for 6 months then I I was just staying home and, and trying to get better in early 2021. And it was, you know, a lot of time to think and ponder. And one of the things I said, okay, so what's my what's my career now? I have, I've been established a tenured professor. Everything's great, but is there something more I could do, you know? And, and that's when I dreamed up the idea of the marketing for creatives class because I know that a lot of musicians, actors, painters, etc., dancers, they have a hard time marketing. They're, they're not taught that in college. You know, they're taught how to act, how to make music, how to, how to do watercolors. So I, um, one of the things I did when I was recovering is I dreamed up this class, which I've now uh, taught two times here at NKU and it's been wonderful marketing for creatives. So it's a, uh, I'm looking across campus at the school of the arts over there and and we draw students from, from over there to come over here and and learn from me. And, and a lot of the lessons and things that I'm learning in real time, as far as what works and doesn't work with my son, I'm teaching them the things, you know, like you see the business ecosystem, that's, that's one of their assignments is, is to do that. So that's a, that's a long answer to your, your question about how the pandemic affected me. But, um, it certainly did. And, you know, I, people think it's weird when I I show them my tattoo that says still here that I got, I never was a tattoo person, but I earned this one. And I'm going to get a guitar built around it too, pretty soon. That's awesome. Um, Thank you. But you know, that's people, it's strange for me to tell people that me getting so sick was actually a gift because now the life I live is, is more filled, more fulfilled and, and, like I said, more, it's more urgent. It's like, no, I don't, I don't want to wait to do that stuff. I want to make sure I have every box checked off of, of the proverbial bucket list. You know, I just played with Ben at a festival down in new Orleans a month ago, and it was definitely a bucket list. And I think it's Jackson square, a big square thousands of people and just playing with my son, playing with little Jimmy Reed you know, things like that. I don't want to say, yeah, I can do that. I'll do that someday. No, I I want to, if there's a possibility of it, I'm going to make it happen now.
0: That's awesome. That is awesome. I hope everyone listening takes that to heart because it really is, uh, tomorrow is not promised and it's, it's time to do it now. So that's, that's really great. I'm glad you're still here by the way. Uh, you're a, a tremendous asset to to both me as a friend and to your students. And I've been lucky enough to get to speak to your students on two occasions. And I hope we can keep doing that, but that really invigorates me. And I'm wondering if you feel the same way, you know, talking to the college students of today um, there's, they have grown up with, with technology in a way that you and I did not. Uh, I didn't have my first cell phone until I was maybe 22 and these kids are just growing up, just immersed in social media. And I'm wondering if you're learning lessons as a professor from them or from the things that they see and bring to, to class. Now you've been a college professor for a long time, so you've probably seen these trends come and go, but, um, are there things that you're seeing in your students or learning from your students, uh, that, that you can then apply to the music business?
1: Well first of all I I learn from my students every every day I I do and and part of it is is being current and understanding understanding how people communicate now it's very it's very different so I I learn a lot of that stuff from them I I'm really kind of a what's the word neophyte what's that word of uh, uh, yeah I I have a hard time I'm a, you know like I told you I'm I'm hiring, I think I mentioned it before we went on air. I've hired, these kids are amazing in this marketing for creatives class. I've hired about five or six of them to help design Ben's logo, design tour posters, show posters. And one of the things I'm learning about Gen Z is they do not communicate via email the way you and I do. And I, it's not appropriate for me to get their phone numbers while they're still in my class. However, when I'm working and I'm the I'm the client and I'm paying them, you know, it please don't misunderstand me. The work they have done for me this semester is amazing. But I'll email them, and it takes it takes a couple of days sometimes. And I'm no, the client wants wants something done, they want it done right away, and that's just not how they communicate. The emails like they look at it maybe once a day. You and I, we look at it all day. Yeah, Uh, different different generations, but um, gosh, you know, I'm I'm there's so many things I learn from them. Of course, I'm not a big TikToker at all, but I understand that that's how they they do everything on TikTok, John. A lot of Gen Z, and so. If I want to understand how to connect with Gen Z, that's a whole nother issue of target audience and, and with blues, I could show you some data from the, that we there's international data and there's data I have on Ben's uh, social media website. It's mostly 55 and older. Um, so, you know, if I really want to shift things and make his music more accessible to young people, you know, the more I learn, the more I talk to the young people, it's like, oh, that's cool music. Well, why don't you listen to, it? well, I didn't see it on TikTok. I don't see any videos. So yeah, I mean, keeping up with with them and their their trends, you know, just when I thought I had Instagram kind of figured out, well, Instagram's not not all that. It's okay, but it's cooler than Facebook, right? For young people. <laughs> But if, as you know, TikTok's where it's at, and you and I have had this discussion. And Ben, being the old soul he is, he's not on TikTok. So uh, I definitely there's a ton to learn from these young people. But but more than learning learning lessons from them, just absorbing their enthusiasm, absorbing their um, sense of wonderment. You know that that helps fuel me. And, and and you know i think being a professor could either make you feel old because every year you're a year older and they're younger right so it's like now it's weird because my students are younger than my kids which is totally bizarre cuz when i first got in the classroom i was just a few years older than the students so it's bizarre but i try to focus on the it can also make you feel young because you're trying to inspire them, you're seeing a spark in in them, and uh, you know you can you can feel six feet off the ground after talking to them. Some sometimes on a good day, you know, you just it's inspiring to know that that uh, you're helping guide them. So I try to I try to take that side home with me that I, I want to. I feel younger usually when I, I when I uh, meet with them, and I do learn a, a ton from them.
0: I want to say that uh, I feel six feet off the ground when I leave your class. And yeah. it's really yeah. a part of the motivation for me to create this music business mentorship because I do get such a high off of helping the folks uh, who are coming up and who are learning and, and who have a, a different, newer, fresher perspective on on everything, the landscape of social media or music or anything. It's, it's really, for me, really invigorating and maybe for you, uh, some of these folks who have done your tour posters might help you with some short form video content that could be on Reels and TikToks. And um, maybe you've got some videographers out there or who, you know, everybody's a videographer now on TikTok. They all have their phones right. and they know right. what, what works and what doesn't. So maybe invite them to a show. That could be could be fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That That's actually a, a great idea. And, you know, Ben came for the last class of the semester and, and met him and talked with him. And one of my students is a filmmaker and the filmmaker talked to him and said, hey, I got this idea and your music would be perfect in it. So, um, you know, you never know. That's another topic at some point during our talk today. I love to talk about uh, networking and collaborating. It, it's something that we all say you got to do it. You got to do it uh, in this business, especially for young people. But it's really, really hard. It's easy to say, hey, go out and get a mentor. It's so easy for me to tell them that. But in reality, it's nearly impossible. And as soon as you start thinking, oh, I need a mentor, let me ask somebody, John, will you mentor me? That kills everything, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know,
0: hope- hopefully there's a way to do it. But I do think you touched on something when you said that email is not their preferred method of communication. And this is something that I've had to learn over the past five years is it's really important when I engage with a client early in the conversation to say, what is your preferred method of communication? Because some people, I mean, there are folks out there who communicate their, their fastest response is going to be on Snapchat. And then their second fastest might be a text message. There's others where they will answer an email in a day, but they won't answer a text message for three or four days. Uh, And it just depends on their, how they view social media. So on all of the forms that I, that I put out, uh, whether it's, for my law firm or for music business mentorship, the question is, what is your preferred method of communication? And hopefully that builds a bridge. And then that conversation of maybe do you want to help me or how can I help you is a little bit easier. It's all about meeting people where they are in in my practice. And and hopefully um, that can carry forward. Uh, But I, I think every listener should understand that if you're talking to someone who is a lot older than you their use of the phone is going to be very different and their use of email is going to be very different and if you're talking to someone a lot younger than you that also might be the case and it might be different regions of the country maybe some people just use snapchat as their primary tool for communicating with their friends and people they're close to and text message is more like formal and email like how we used to see email Uh, text messages are the new email Uh, but it just depends so it's it's one of those things. I do think that you're seeing a lot of that on the cutting edge and networking is hard for college kids. I think that they're in a bit of a bubble. And so how do you recommend that they go out and explore the world? Um they're that's well, their I
1: recommend that we start with what's closest to us. And so in this class of 20 students where it's mixed, it's a really neat mix of singers, piano players, uh, graphic designers, dancers, actors, lighting people, get to know everybody in this class. We have, you know, discussions every day. And and one thing I haven't done, but I, I need to do next semester when I teach this class again is rotated. Okay, last time you had this dyad, or maybe it's three people where you're just, I give them ideas to think about, to stimulate their creativity and and talk about, uh, you know, so, okay, let's talk about your elevator pitch, for example. Well, one day it should be these two, and then we should shift around because here we have 20 people in a very safe environment. We're all all tied together with this unity of, of NKU and we're all creatives and they you find that oh hey wait a minute i need a logo design for me i need a poster and oh you're a you're a singer well you know you can help each other out so i i think that is a way to start certainly um they have had connecting with me has helped them i'm it's so cool because i told you i have like five or six i think maybe six students in this class out of 20 who i'm hiring and paying to do stuff for me and for My son. And it was really cool because all of them had said, hey, you're my first client. I didn't know how to to submit an invoice until. I. So, you know, again, what's close to you? Look at look at what's closest to you. And honestly, when I bring somebody in like you, you came in. I probably had a half dozen great guest speakers this semester. I really urge the students. To hang around and, and talk to them, get to know them. You never know. Just getting the, the contact information can open up so many doors, just like with Ben and the student who makes films and and him waiting around to the end saying, Hey, I got I got a project. I'm working on this movie. So um, you know, there's that, then there's cold calling, there's messaging people that you admire that you'd love to work with. It it's hard, it's really, really hard. It takes guts, it takes. Uh, you got to be ready to get to be ignored, quite honestly, and you got to be ready to try again with with different people. But there's, you know, you, you just have to do it. You have to get out of your, like you say, the bubble. Um, college students very much in a bubble, especially after COVID, very very leery of communicating face to face. Everything is is through a screen, so you have to get out of your comfort level. Because networking is, is absolutely critical. You have to find, create opportunities, whether that's with your fellow students in class, with your professor, with guests that come in, or if you're not in college, you know, with uh, going to different associations, meetings, conferences, whatever the case might be. It could be a local level, could be national, could be international. Um, quite honestly, a lot of that is is done st- through, you know, through our computer, through messaging. If you're on social media and there's a musician who you really admire, and you think, wow, I'd love to collaborate with him or her. You know, it's kind of a moonshot, but you can always message them. They'll be flattered that that you did. It might not be realistic, but you know, Ben has had some great, great success of collaborating with these elder musicians who he originally reached out on Facebook, Messenger, and just said, Hey, I'm a I'm a young musician, I play blues, I've admired you. Um doing an album next year. I got a song in mind that you would be great on guitar or on singing and and he's so now he's got several recordings with these people that he reached out and cold called. And now he's not only recordings but tours and and uh you know different gigs with them around the country and around the world. So you you just have to be bold. You have to step out or You got to take a deep breath and and whether it's going to the, you know, uh, going to the networking event or cold calling somebody, it, you just have to be be bold, be courageous. It's not That's easy. Awesome. Many of us who are artists and creatives, are, we are very uh, introverted. We're, people don't know that because we're out on stage and we, we smile and we have a great time. But when it comes to that kind of communication, it's not always easy for us.
0: Yeah, I completely understand. I want to say, though, um, for our listeners, that if you have not established yourself with a professional profile on LinkedIn, um, it might be a good step for you. I have run into this issue where um, with my main personal profile on Facebook, I hit the 5,000 friend limit. And so there's limits on that to how much I can then reach out to folks or become their friend uh, or even reach out to them with a cold email. Um, And the same with Instagram, if they don't see the the DM and they don't respond and give you permission, if it it could go very easily into a request folder that doesn't get seen. But LinkedIn, I'm finding there's a lot of folks who treat it uh, very much like uh, a professional inbox and usually get back to people. And so for our listeners, uh, if you're not on LinkedIn, I would encourage you to establish a profile there and uh, use all the tools. I think that it's important to be resourceful, right? So if, if you're running into a wall on one platform, you shift to another, but I think that um, Ben is a unique example where he's building a bridge across generations. And yet his music speaks to the young folks. You have said this young filmmaker, I think Ben's music would be great in a film and for those music supervisors who may be listening, Ben Levin is phenomenal, and I know you're, you'll be able to find his stuff on Disco, uh, and certainly we're going to be talking about that in the in the coming year, uh, pitching more for Sync Licensing, and I know that Ben has had some success with Concord, uh, but what other goals do you have for Ben over the next year or two years or five years? What do you see is the next step for him? Well,
1: that's that's a great question. Um so it's it's not of course it's not up to me you know i i take orders i take orders from him i just i try to put in play what he authentically wants of course i give him a lot of suggestions because i'm his dad i'm his manager and i'm his dad but you know i know that what he wants to do is he wants to capture the magic of 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 blues with the masters while they're still here and he wants to help them along and have them help him. Um so I think I know this is kind of broad. I mean obviously we want to keep doing we're so elated with how the wind has hit his sails and he's been invited to all these great blues cruises and great festivals and stuff. Just could not ask for more. You know, I would not have guessed. I honestly when COVID hit, I thought, well, oh crap! Here he's been nominated for a blues music award. Everything was taken off. I thought, well, this is just gonna everything's done, you know. <laughs> I just I, I could be a doomsdayer sometimes, um, but it it after COVID it picked up better than ever. So goals for five years keep things where where they are as far as getting the great gigs and continuing to record. We've been blessed. Vistone is just a wonderful label. They're they're. Um, you know blues is a small niche market and they just are great at promoting they're great at getting things songs on the radio um so you know we have all intents to keep making making records with the VisTone label keep trying to get these you know hustling gigs is hard because as soon as you get as soon as you get a great festival, you know, that's the you start losing, you lose another. So that's one thing I tell my students, you got to keep the pipeline. You you know, there's a funnel. You got to keep all this stuff coming through the funnel because stuff falls out. Festival, a lot of blues festivals are folding up their tents. They're not profitable, they're aging out with demographics, they don't have the the grants they used to have. Um sorry, I'm rambling a bit. You got this is a topic I could talk about for forever. It's super valuable. Uh, But but I think ultimately the goal is to keep collaborating with these musicians while they're you know, Bob Stroger is one of Ben's heroes and mentors. He's 93, John. He's based out of Chicago, he's he travels all around the world all the time. And we've made some great recordings with him. Ben has done some gigs with him, but you know, when somebody's 93, I'd say that's top That's top priority for Ben is to continue to work with Bob Stroger while he's still healthy. He's vital. He's brilliant. He's, he's funny. He's awesome to hang around with, you know, it's it's more than just the music it's what Ben learns when Ben talks to these guys and says, yeah, Freddie King got me my first gig in Chicago in the fifties. I mean, that's, you talk about being close to the source. It's just, you, you can't get any more special than that. So I think for Ben to continue to record and gig with the, the elders with his, his heroes. I think that's, that's, that's front and center um, on his plate for me, who's got a little different because he's my son. He's not my, he's not my client and I want to see him have a, a comfortable life. Like I have had, you know, you get into the things of the, of the passive income, right? The sync licensing. I mean, Ben has written some great songs, and I want to exploit that as far as uh, really take advantage of it. I don't know. Exploit's not necessarily a good word. It has negative connotations, maybe. But he's written these great songs. He's recorded these great songs, and I want to provide him every opportunity to have those songs help him out, take him, take him, give him, uh, give him income over the years. Um, and as you know, I've, I've hit hit a lot of brick walls with that. We've had a little success with with one TV show, but we've had a lot of we've submitted a lot of songs and got a lot of a lot of nothing, a lot yeah. of silence. So that's one of my goals, and 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 I don't really burden him with the as far as the time I spend doing that. And I'm I'm looking forward to you know getting getting more active on Disco AC and and working working with you. On this, but that's definitely a goal of mine. I feel like it's a, it's an untapped potential. I feel like it's a white space of, of okay, there's, there's a lot of content. You and I have discussed. This. There's, there's a ton of content on TV shows and movies, and it, it all needs music. And here is this young guy writing this cool music. It doesn't fit in everything, nor, nor should it. But when the scene and the time, uh, the time period of a movie or show is right. Or the the location or whatever it is the feel, I feel like there's potential opportunities and I'm going to keep. I'm not going to give up, you know. And that's one thing I I definitely I try to instill in my students. I say you you know you look at me and you look at Ben and you're they, they kind of looked at him like he was kind of a superstar when he came in. They were a little little starstruck. I said, you know, yeah, he's a couple years older than you. He's 24. Most of my students are 22, but but you guys don't understand. A, we've been at this for six years, and to get ten thousand followers on social media, which isn't really that much in the scheme of things, that's three and a half a day. That is a slow drip, if there ever was one. Right? This is something that has taken us time, a ton of work for him, the creator, for me, the the helping him market. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight, and you got to understand that we have had. A million no's and a few yes's that you see. that Oh, well how did he get on the legendary rhythm of blues cruise? Everybody in blues wants to get on that. Yes. And we have unsuccessfully, you know, tried for years and finally got on it this year. All of our opportunities are ones that we fight fight hard for. Now, it gets a little easier once you build up that brand and you get some success and you get the wind. You know, you get the wind, get your sales up, it does get a little easier. But you you know, that's one thing I try to instill on them. Don't think that this happens overnight. There's certainly the element of luck, but you know, there's all these quotes about luck, right? Luck is where hard work and and opportunity come together, right? It's not just like playing the lottery. It's not just Percentage very low, and you might or might not get lucky. No, you you have to work hard. So, yeah,
0: I think that's fascinating, and it's a good reminder for those folks who are so used to uh, a quick hit and quick uh, success with things. A lot of a lot of musicians are very talented, multi potentialite type folks who have talents in a lot of areas and are smart and creative in a lot of ways. And are used to things kind of coming a little bit easy to them. I, I know there's a lot of musicians who you know, they didn't have to study very hard in school. They were they were um, you know kind of gifted in some way. And so then when they face real adversity, when they step out into the real world and they're really trying to do this, uh, it seems like for a long time there's no success. But but the slow drip, as you mentioned does get you somewhere. And the sales do fill with air when you're putting the work in time and time again. And I think that if I could, I think Ben is in the perfect position because he's he's been at this a long time. He understands the struggle, certainly doesn't have an ego and doesn't have airs. He's not um, looking for instant gratification. But when he performs, everyone knows that he has tapped into the source that he's put the time in. He's worked hard at it. And I think you posted a video of Tommy Emmanuel, the great, amazing guitar player, standing on the side of the stage, smiling and bopping along to Ben Levin, who is just, just crushing it. It's, it's great to see. And I think you uh, have done him a great service, both as his dad and his manager. Uh, So kudos to you and to Ben, Before we wrap this conversation up, though, I want to ask you one final question, and I ask everybody this question. If you had a magic wand, what problem in your music business with Ben or in the music business in general would you use that power to solve?
1: John, I guess I would say I would give this advice to all the independent musicians and artists out there that we know we don't have the budget of of a corporation. We don't have the budget of a big name artist. So we have to be intentional. We have to, we have to do it all right. We have to um, articulate our, our brand. We have to figure out who our target audience is. We have to um, carefully cultivate our social media strategy and everything. And I know it sounds like a lot and it is a lot and we can't do it all and, but you should be intentional that, that every day you should be I'm a big believer in whiteboarding every day you should uh, think about what needs to be done for the future for, for booking for uh, designing material that you're going to uh, put on your social media so that word intentional I think is really important it's something that, that sticks with me that should also resonate with all the independent artists out there
0: well thank you for that I really appreciate it. I certainly learn a lot from you, Professor Levin. So I want to give you kudos and props for, for that. You're a great mentor to a lot of folks, me included. And I appreciate you being here on the Music Business Mentorship. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we'll leave it for another episode. Hopefully you're tuning in and learning a lot. Stick with us. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Music Business Mentorship.